A quick hello and we're good to go. Welcome to the show, Johanna White. Thank you. Thank I you for having me, Jason. Am I supposed to say Johanna or Joanna? The It's actually Johanna. So you do say the H, but the J sounds like a Y, which is extremely confusing since my business name is designed by Joe. So you are in the clear, Jason. It's not your fault. Right. I don't know whether to blame my mother or my branding. <laughs> right. No, okay, brilliant. I can I can re-sing the song. A quick hello <laughs> and we're good to go. Welcome to the show, Johanna White. There we go. It's great I'd to like be to here. I like to get it right. Anyway, we're going to be talking you. about leveraging your brand to magnetize your dream clients. You talk all about dreams, magnetism, and leveraging <laughs> brand, both image, the visual brand, and the brand message. And we're going to be talking about that. And I love the idea of dream clients and magnetizing. It says so much in so few words. Thank you. I, uh, I spent the first like six years of my business doing everything the nitty gritty technical way, you know, checking all the boxes, following all the business strategies before I finally realized that like 80% of your success in who you work with and how big you can go is really more on the vision and dream side of things. And it's more mm -hmm. about leaning into kind of the magic of who you are. So I got, you know, the stick out of my butt. I loosened up. I started playing a lot more with just being expressive and that alone, in my words, you can see, um, started ushering in the types of clients who really get what can happen when you leverage your brand. That's absolutely brilliant. And I was just explaining uh, earlier on to you, but now I'm going to explain to everybody else that Maria <laughs> picks the guests. So I actually don't know who the guests are when we when we come to record. And this is the reason we're doing it like that is because she knows who's going to make sense for the program. And you say, magnetize your dream clients, be yourself. Your personality is going to bring most of your business. Exactly what we need at Cali Cube is to loosen up <laughs> and to believe in the loosening up. So I'm really happy. Thank you, Maria. Another great guest. I don't think Maria has ever missed. Whereas when I invite guests, I used to make mistakes all the time. Um, Maria is wonderful. Now we're going to look at your brand, sir before we talk about magnetizing your dream clients. Now, here's the result I get for your name, which is lots of pictures, including you, I think, top right. <laughs> Obviously, your name is, is quite popular, so difficult to dominate. Um, and if anybody's interested in photos on brand SERPs or brand SERPs in general, join the CaddyCube Knowledge Panel and Brand Support brand SERP support group. Currently on Facebook, we'll probably move it at some time in the future. So search for CaddyCube Knowledge Panel Support Group. Excuse me, I can't speak anymore. But I've got a surprise for you. You have a knowledge panel. This knowledge panel on the right-hand side is the facts that Google has understood about you, including your LinkedIn profile and the most factual description it can find for you. And the only reason that doesn't appear when we search your name is because your knowledge panel is not yet rich enough and you're not currently the most dominant jo Joanna White in the world. Johanna White, I should say. Problem with typing is the J at the beginning. Google will see it as a J <laughs> and not a Y. So you would potentially have to rebrand if you wanted Google to call you Johanna. <laughs> Siri does get it wrong, as does Alexa, as do all the robots. 
and my phone is flashing at me right now. My Siri came up like, what? <laughs> Brilliant. And one last piece of wonderful news is that we're both using our mobile data. So this is the mobile data webinar uh, interview, which is delightful. You are listening to Branded Search and Beyond with Jason Barnard. Now, back to the show. So let's get into the, the meat and potatoes of the topic, magnetize your dream clients. Now, I love that idea, but let's start with how do I set about getting my personality reflected in my brand message and my brand narrative and my brand visuals without completely becoming something that's not understandable? Because I think as human beings, we're a bit confused about who we are. <laughs> that is a fair point. Jason, um, which is why actually the short answer to that is one of the problems that I solve for my clients is that I take them through a three-step process. And step one is before, um, before you can go about creating the brand message and the visuals and, and kind of showing up in the world, you have to know who you are and what makes you special. So step one is know your value. And a lot of people approach branding and how they show up in the world as like, Here's what I know about myself right now. Here's what I've been saying so far. And they come with all this data and they say, I know these things and I like these things. Can you please design something beautiful that makes me happy? Which is really the wrong thing to say or the wrong question to ask if you want your brand to be more than pretty. Because it's mm. not about what you like. It's about what your ideal client likes, what they're attracted to, what they're drawn to. And it's about evoking emotion, which is the most powerful human motivator is evoking um, desire and emotion, which is what a brand is really good at. But if that brand isn't built around what really makes you unique. So if you, you, you think it's um, you sell this product or you do this service or you're a coach and mm -hmm. You're really good at asking questions and your clients get results. Is that really unique? No. <laughs> A lot of coaches could say that. But there is something about you that you just probably haven't discovered yet that makes it why people want to work with you, not with John, not with Sally, not with Matt. They want to work with you because there truly is something about you that is like this diamond and so that step one, knowing your value is drawing it out. I call it content mining. And it is where right. we dig into what it is about you that is that 1% difference, your differentiator, so that then we can create the brand that that magnetizes and leverages. Um, right. I don't know if you've so that's ever... number one. And we're going to have, I would assume, multiple other points. But before we get onto the multiple other points, I'm confused. You said I need to design my brand around what my audience will react to, what resonates with my audience. Then you say to me, you need to be yourself and find what's special about you. Now, not completely contradictory, but certainly slightly contradictory. There must be a balance there. There is. I have learned over the years that the personal brand <clears throat> that really draws people in, excuse me, <coughs> it lives at the intersection of who you are when the cameras stop rolling, but also the most 
aspirational person you could possibly want to be when you show up for your clients and deliver what you do in a big way. So it absolutely is. In fact, most of my art boards before we're going to do a client photo shoot talk about duality. And we're literally highlighting like how someone perceives a high level coach in the world, what their clients are looking for, how they like to show up. But then also on a Saturday when they're comfy, cozy, and they're just doing their thing, who are they? And when you can find where that intersects, then you have begun to narrow in on what it is that makes them unique. And that is what you can leverage. Right. Now I have a question for you, which is, <laughs> are we focusing today on personal, that's a very good point. Are we focusing today on personal branding or corporate branding or both? Both. But you're going to hear me, you're going to hear me talk about personal brand a lot because I feel right now, one, it's becoming more common. People are knowing more about it. But two, when it comes to a business brand or a company brand, it is often what's missing because the way that people purchase has shifted massively. They used to buy because they were loyal to a company brand And they got disenfranchised with that idea because Mm -hmm. they saw how many brands didn't really live up to what they were presenting. Or they used to buy for the price or they used to buy for the popularity. But now Mm -hmm. in today's day and age, whether it's a product, a service, or pretty much anything else, they buy based on recommendations of people that they find influential, which is heavily swayed by that person's personal brand. And so even if it's the CEO of a company, whether it's the director of marketing, like how are they showing up in their company? How are they branding themselves so that people want to work with them and for them, et cetera? You're going to hear me say personal brand a lot because I feel like right now it's something that the corporate brands are missing and maybe the influencer brands have gone too far. (laughs) (laughs) So so once again, you're going to find me like, hitting the sweet spot is my goal right no 100 and, and that's really really interesting it's obviously huge for cali because we deal in how does google present a personal brand or a corporate brand and as you say a lot of corporate brands have got this sorted but they haven't realized that the ceo the c-level employees the founder perhaps are hugely representative of the brand and their personal brand is going to play into whether or not people purchase from the company brand and also you know, the number of people purchasing and using their brand, those people's personal brands. So the the brand ambassador idea (laughs) is also like, it's going to sway a lot more than their typical marketing and advertising campaigns right now. As we grow, it becomes the next layer down, the next layer down, it becomes a pyramid system. (laughs) True. It's not static. Like what brand do you ever create and never change? That's a huge problem. Is once you change your brand, you have to then go around the entire digital ecosystem, changing everything you've you've done. Isn't that a huge problem when you when you work with a company and they they reposition their brand narrative or their brand visuals that they then need to update it? Isn't that a hugely difficult task? It's only a problem if you weren't planning for it. The large corporations Ooh. that I've done their brand projects for, like Whirlpool Corporation, for example, they sell appliances in the U.S. One of the major manufacturers. Um, they have seven or eight brands underneath of the Whirlpool umbrella, like Maytag, Gen Air, all of those. 
and they plan for it. They are on a rotating schedule and each brand gets updated um, once every five to seven years. And it's always in process. So their design Whoa. teams are always rolling for it. So it's only a problem if you're treating it like a fire you have to put out instead of a strategy mm. that you planned for at the beginning because you knew you would grow and evolve as would your audience. Right. And I bet my bottom dollar, 99% of brands don't have this plan ahead and they change everything and then realize too late that they have to go and update the digital ecosystem. <laughs> That's certainly the clients we're getting at Cali Cube is some, one of the things that we offer is rebranding or moving your brand image online from the old one to the new one as quickly and, and simply as possible. And most people come to us freaking out because they've launched the new brand and they've forgotten about that aspect. <laughs> Was there a question in there? No, no, no. Sorry, it was, it was an observation. <laughs> I, I got lost. I wasn't in my own sure thoughts. if I was supposed to refute that, or but no, it's absolutely true. A brand is only as good as where you use it, how you use it, and how much you use it. So if they go to someone and they get a beautiful new rebrand, but then they don't implement it across all of the customer and and team facing touch points, they really not done much except maybe created some confusion where they meant to bring clarity so you're right. absolutely so, right uh, no no 100 so so you've just pointed out to me that i've been talking to all the people who get this wrong and you're talking to all the companies who get this <laughs> right and generally speaking people who come to you and pay you the money to rebrand them or to change their brand have this planned out because they're sensible and the majority of people are actually not like the people who come and see us. Brilliant. Anyway, wonderful. <laughs> Jason, I'm going to insert in there that you are absolutely right because people who have their act together are my dream clients. And I have been super intentional <laughs> about saying these are who I want to work with. I want to work with people who are already impacting the world on a massive scale and they're just ready for the next level. They're ready for that ceiling to break because they're limited by their current brand, but they know it needs to shift. And they're so much fun to work with people who have their act together. <laughs> mm. That that sounds like a dream come true. So you're, you're already <laughs> creating my, my dream clients who are exactly there and we've been getting it wrong. So when you're talking about magnetizing and you're talking about the personal brand of the, 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 the people involved and we're talking about the pyramid, how far does that go? Because if we start with the pyramid idea, we're saying, right, CaliCube has Jason Barnard. Then we have the people who work at CaliCube. Then we have the major clients of CaliCube, all of these people who are references for other people to then work with us need their personal brand. So should we be helping our clients build their personal brand? <laughs> wow, that, that's a really big pyramid you just, just went yes. there. I thought and it was your I, pyramid. <laughs> no, I'm not suggesting you will go out and contact all of your clients and ask them to build a personal brand. Although if you want to leverage that aspect of influencer branding, you may choose some brand ambassadors that already have a well-established personal brand that aligns with your values and partner with them. So you can choose intentional clients. Many, many companies are doing this. That's why influencer marketing is a huge thing. And I don't work with influencers. Typically, that's not not my thing, but I just mentioned it to say, you know, if you're talking about branding your clients, the more efficient way would be to partner with potential ambassadors and clients who are already aligned with the message you want to share. Brilliant. Um, so we, we've got but, to that. Oh, sorry. Carry on. I interrupted. Well, you asked about you and your team 
and on down. And I would say within Cali Cube, absolutely, that your personal brand matters, not just for attracting those clients, maybe that have their act together a little more, or that do like totally see your value and are happy to pay whatever you're worth. That's my, like, I love branding people who are the best at what they do to help them finally look as good as they are so they can be as delightfully expensive as they deserve to be. So if your dream client likes that concept, maybe it's time to shift your brand. But the idea of branding yourself and your employees to an extent is actually where I think the economy is shifting even more. Um, Because after attracting clients, the next hardest thing that companies are struggling with right now is attracting teams, is attracting employees, is having um, people to actually do the work and stay for very long. Like loyalty within teams has plummeted. And that is because they forgot to treat their employees like their biggest customer and really create a brand that makes them say, this is the place in the world that I want to work the most. I'm so excited to be here. I know what it stands for. And because I know what Mm -hmm. it stands for, I'm going to go tell all my friends, like, I work for this place. It's so awesome. We do this. And they feel like a part of something. So that, that personal brand for you kind of turn it inward and you can create a huge sense of belonging in a team as well. And then your own clients, you know, your customers become evangelists and your, your clients become, or your, sorry, tripping over my words, your team becomes like your own ambassadors because they're so yeah. excited to be part of something. And, and then the whole thing is that the team is actually the company. The company is made up of the team members within that company who represent the company. And it's our collective personality that makes the company what it is. And one of the things that I've made the mistake of doing in the past is making it about my preferences and my tests. And we've now got to a stage where it's all about everybody agreeing. Um, but obviously, the people who work at, at CaliCube are close to my way of seeing things. But let's come back to what we were talking about at the beginning, which was we found what that special spark is. Um, which was number one. Okay. So you said you number one. You know your one. value, number, number one. So yep. number know two your value, number is, one. is you have to show your value. So once mm. you actually know what makes you different, what makes you special, if you don't do anything about that knowledge, now you are just a frustrated business owner who knows they're worth more, who knows they have something special, but the world mm. isn't perceiving it. So step two right. is show your value, which is done through both the words and the pictures. A lot of people think that a brand is, well, it goes both ways. Half the people think a brand is just strategy. It's just internal messaging. It's vision, right. values, and, yep. <laughs> and that. And the other half of people think a brand is just a logo. Yeah. Or maybe they know it's a little more than a logo, but they think it's just some of the hmm. visual aspects. But really, showing your value requires both sides of the coin. And they're equally important. A picture is worth a thousand words. You've heard that a lot of times. But in today's busy, overwhelmed, flooded digital age, a picture is not worth a thousand words anymore unless it is an extremely intentional picture that carefully tells the story of what you were trying to communicate in the first place. So first getting clear on the messaging is the first part of showing your value. Um, communicating in a way that speaks directly to your ideal client's 
problem, the one that you solve the most. So you're helping with how they show up on Google. You're mm -hmm. speaking to that problem. But do they really care about how they show up on Google? Or do they care that they are being found by the people who want to use them most? They care about that. Do they care? Maybe even do they care that they're being found? Or do they care that they're earning enough money to feed their family and they're yep able to continue doing the work they love. So digging into what's the problem beneath the problem, because people buy solutions to their problems. They don't buy products or services. And mm -hmm. so crafting messaging around that solution, and then comes building the visuals based off of that message, which is where I feel like a lot of branding attempts break down also, is people think those are two separate things. I need my visuals. I'm going to go hire a graphic designer. Uh, I need my copy. I'm going to go hire a copywriter. And <laughs> and the project is often split. And they go and they, they might both do a really lovely job. But mm -hmm. if the visuals weren't created to tell the story that the copywriter just wrote, and the copy wasn't written to support that image that they want to put out into the world, then you have a disconnect. And that is where you have visuals, but I wouldn't say you have a brand because a brand evokes emotion. Ooh, right. Okay. Well, there's a very big lesson already. I mean, I think most of us overlook the fact that copywriting and visuals within a branding strategy need to go together. And I've just realized the people or the person, Veronique, who does the visuals along with Marianne don't necessarily talk to the copywriting team, Jean-Marie, Leanne, and Bernadette as much as they probably should. Brilliant point. Thank you very much. I'll remember to tell everybody that <laughs> next week. Um, so show your value. And I would assume that less is more in terms of words and more visually appealing is more important, or is it visuals that stand out that are unusual? What are we looking for? Something when it comes to visuals? Yeah. So I have found when it comes to high impact brands, I like to call the ones that are truly memorable. You see them and you never forget. Uh, yeah. I have studied them for years and I found they all have two things in common. Ooh. Consistency and mm -hmm. intentionality. So you could have a wildly different visual style, but it could be equally memorable. So think about the visuals for Yeti. Do you know the Yeti brand? They make like yeah. coolers and drinkwares and there are, there are many, many knockoffs, but the Yeti brand is very rugged, outdoorsy. You're going to see a lot of um, that kind of imagery because it matches the aspirational identity of their client. And then think of the visual brand for Apple also like, incredibly memorable. It is clean. It is white. It is for creatives and the people yep. that identify as that. And you feel that brand, whether you walk into a store or you go on their website, you just feel like, oh, this is the latest, the newest, the most creative. Even if all they did was change one thing in the operating system and sold it as the next phone, like <laughs> they're still lining up on Black Friday to get the first one because they have bought into that brand. 
And those visuals are very, very different. And you wouldn't say that either one is wrong, yet he's not wrong for being all rugged and rough and tough and outdoorsy. And Apple's not wrong for being clean and crisp. So it's not that. It's that they are intentional. Their visuals communicate that feeling that they want their audience to experience when they encounter the brand. And then it's consistent. So it's the same everywhere. And you can have a brand that is very consistent, but consistently terrible. Like maybe, maybe they just have a logo that was made for some reason, maybe a great reason, maybe not, but it doesn't really say anything. They haven't gotten super clear on how to show success in their photos, et cetera. And they might show up the same everywhere, but if it doesn't communicate that success that they're offering to their clients, people are not wowed by it. It doesn't stick in their brains. It's just a picture that showed up in a bunch of places and vice versa. Ooh, you sorry. can have a brand. <laughs> no, I think we have that problem is we are incredibly consistent, but is there a message? Is it intentional? I think the answer is no or not enough. Yeah. It's um, a lot of people have built their business by themselves. They, they've DIY'd their branding to this yes. point and it's gotten them this far. It has done something, right? It has not mm -hmm. done nothing. It got them where they needed, but they look around and they realize that their entire visual brand has happened to them by default instead of by design. And because, oh, we needed a marketing piece. Oh, we needed a lead magnet. Oh, we needed mm. um, this digital ad. Oh, we needed this. So quick team, please make this, please make this, please make this. The team looks at whatever you had last, the t-shirt and the green, and they're like, okay, make something with a t-shirt and a green because it matches. We're good at this. We're consistent. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't mean anything. So it's just more of that everywhere. And so, Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, we, we need to do some thinking. Brilliant. So the intentionality is hugely important in number two. How many of these are there? Number three or number, are there three, four, five? Uh, things that great brands have in common or steps yeah. that I do with my clients? The steps you do with your clients. Steps, there's three. <laughs> right, so the third one. Okay, so let's recap, right? Do you remember yep. the first one? Ooh, uh, uh, know who you are. Yep. Know your value. Good job. Know Step your value. Two. Excuse me. <laughs> show your value. I, I'm getting that. Yep. Yep. And Step the third two is one show is your value. And Step live three, your value. Yeah, it is. Seriously. Good job, Jason. <laughs> I call it, I call it always find a way to add more value, but it truly is live your value. It is become your brand. Because if you have now gotten clear on what you could do, and you've shown it to the world. You've created this amazing brand. You've launched your new website. If you don't live up to what you just promised, you will crumble as mm. fast as you rose. Because people are not here to be fooled. They're tired of it. And a great brand doesn't just create smoke and mirrors. That's a China brand. And you know what? Sometimes they do a good job on the first two steps, at least seemingly. There'll be some knockoff company. They'll build this beautiful website with this quick like mission statement. And you can see the flaws, but it's still pretty good. But mm -hmm. you go and you buy the product and everything falls apart. Mm. It's absolute crap. It doesn't live up to what they promised. And quickly the word spreads and don't buy from them. And, and it goes down again quickly. So if you are not 
ready to actually level up yourself, what you offer and how you do it to match this new aspirational brand we've just created, then you're going to fall back down. And so step three is, I like it, live your value. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I was just trying to keep it to know your value, show your value, yeah. your value. And I just thought live. Okay. You're right. I like it way better than mine, honestly. I think I'm going to switch that. Thanks, Jason. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> Wonderful. But, and it makes total sense. And what I now see is that we need to rethink some of the things that we're doing along the line. I think we do live our value. We deliver. We over-deliver. But one of the mistakes mm -hmm. I make is the terrible mistake a lot of people make is I talk about the things that I'm interested in. And my team are gradually turning me around to start talking about the things that my audience are interested in. So... Um, <laughs> Find the intersection, Jason, yes. because what you're, what you're interested in is not unimportant. It does help attract the types of clients that really get you and you get mm. them. And that is important. So talking about what you're interested in started to get you here. And it, it's, it creates a point of excitement for people to connect mm. with. And that's not unimportant. But what your audience is interested in is also important. And you, you just have to learn where to show up in, in the middle. Yeah. No, no, sorry, brilliant. I, I, I keep shaking my head and nodding it and waving around. But <laughs> it, it's exactly what you said is my enthusiasm, what I love is got me this far, but I've hit a ceiling. And the team and the people I'm working with who look at this from the outside are saying, well, now let's adapt that and you let's use what you're doing and make it more attractive to the people you're actually talking to who are going to buy mm -hmm. from us. And it's starting to pay dividends. So you're 100% right. That was absolutely brilliant, Johanna. Uh, and now the last question is the brand search question. One minute. How does brand identity relate to brand search? Well, when you get clear on your messaging and you put it everywhere, so you put it in your LinkedIn profile, you put it in your about page on Facebook, you put it in all your social media places, Google finds that, like you said, and they're very, very happy that they're finding the same thing everywhere. They are going, okay, they mean what they say, they say what they mean, this is a true company. And so they hire, like you go up the ranks. Um, your visuals are going to show up in the image search if you've done a proper job of alt tags and backend stuff. So make sure your web designer, if it's not me, they know what they're doing <laughs> on backend and SEO. Um, but the other way that it helps is you might have great SEO. You might show up high in search results, but if your visual brand totally sucks and doesn't represent you, you're paying for clicks that aren't going to get you customers. Because they see you, they're finding you, they're clicking on you, and then they're disappointed and they're walking away. Because the visual, like your visuals aren't validating the value you bring to the world. So I'm going to say SEO is so, so, so freaking important. Being found matters because building a brand is not if you build it, they will come. <laughs> they don't just show up. You have to create a way to get found. But once they find you, are they excited by what they see? And if they're not, you're just paying for clicks that you're not going to benefit from. Which, well, yeah, which is brilliant. And it does come down to don't bother coming to see CaliCube about <laughs> making yourself look great on Google if you don't already look great within your own company and you've got an amazing visual strategy and brand message. Thank you so much, Johanna. Uh, don't go away, by the way, when I click the button for the end of the show okay. because we're on mobile networks and we're going to need time for it to upload in the background. Thank you, everyone, okay. for watching. A bit of technical talk there. 
Thank you, everyone, for watching, and we'll see you next week. And next week is going to be uh, Letitia Boardman, The Power of Delegating in Building Trust and Confidence. It's going to be hugely interesting. I'm really looking forward to it. And could you possibly pass the baton, Johanna? Just come next week, listen to Letitia Boardman and um, her exciting interview with Jason. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. And you get the outro song. A quick goodbye to end the show. Thank you, Johanna. Bye-bye. <laughs> Cali Cube. It's all about your brand, Serp.